0: because if we believe that the earth is sacred and that humans are here to be guardians of the earth then all of these disciplines are needed to be a full co-creative guardian on the earth and that is my work to help people do that i feel now what's going on is that So many people are waking up that we're transforming not only our own karma anymore. Mm -hmm. We are transforming the ancestral, the family karma, the collective on karma of humanity. Absolutely. And so as this is happening in your work and so many other blessed works that people are doing, um, we are actually giving more energy down to those people who aren't totally awake yet. Well, who is totally awake?
1: You got to accentuate the positive. Oh, I feel good. A bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. It's always wonderful to be with you again. I have a most extraordinary woman to introduce you to today. Her name is Tannis Halliwell. Welcome to the show, Tannis. Hello, Karen. (laughs) And, you know, I was reading your bio this morning, uh, also one of the speakers in the High Self Expo, speaking about the science of, well, all sorts of things, all sorts of things, but anthroposophy is one of them, the science of the nature spirits. Tannis is just... I, look, I've got her bio here. It's a long bio, but I'm going to read it, the whole thing, because you've done so much, so much, so much, so much. Mm-hmm. Since childhood, Tanis Helliwell has seen and heard elementals, angels, and master teachers in higher dimensions. Wanting to assist humanity with spiritual transformation, Tanis started conducting therapy practices specializing in spiritual transformation and led tours and walking pilgrimages to sacred sites across the world for over 20 years. She is a leading edge psychotherapist, well-known for working to heal physical, emotional and mental traumas and patterns, and has taught her techniques internationally to groups of psychiatrists, physicians, psychotherapists, as well as the general public. She was a faculty member of the Banff Center for Leadership for over 20 years and numbered IBM and many medical, social services, and environmental agencies amongst her clients. To develop spiritual intelligence in the mainstream, Tanis also worked for almost 30 years as a consultant to business, universities, medical organisations, and governments. She has presented at conferences featuring people like Rupert Sheldrake, Matthew Fox, Barbara Marks Hubbard, Greg Braden, fitz Capra, which was the only one I didn't know out of this, so I looked him up and he's amazing, and Gene Houston. These conferences include the Science and Consciousness Conference in Albuquerque, the World Future Society in Washington, D.C., and Spirituality in Business Conferences in Boston, Toronto, Vancouver and Mexico. She's also presented at Findhorn, Hollyhock, which I don't know what that is, A don't know what that is edgar casey alice bailey and anthroposophical events tanis is the author of many books including summer with the leprechauns as well as pilgrimage with the leprechauns take your soul to work manifest your soul's purpose decoding your destiny hybrids is hybrids a a separate book
0: Yes, it is. It's hybrids and the subtitle is So You Think You're Human.
1: Wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) I want to read all these books. There's more to come. The (laughs) High Beings of Hawaii Encounters with the Mystical Ancestors and your latest book is called Good Morning, Henry, which is about conversations with the body spirit to transform, transform the dark night of the soul into light. The body spirit is what Rudolf Steiner called the body elemental, which is fascinating. We'll talk about that. And her books have been translated into seven languages. In 2000, Tannis founded the International Institute for Transformation, IIT, which offers programs to assist individuals to become conscious creators to work with the spiritual laws governing our world. A student and teacher of the Inner Mysteries living in British Columbia, Canada, Tannis is committed to helping us develop our spiritual intelligence and a divine relationship with ourselves, others, and the earth so we can live in love, wisdom, and divine will. You can find more information about Tannis at ii transform.com and tannethelowell.com boy you've done a lot I'm
0: exhausted just I'm exhausted did I do all that really I know My, it must be more than one life I know it, I, I must have been writing when I wrote that down it must have been more lives for sure oh, how did you fit all that into one life it's <laughs> By doing them simultaneously. Yeah. Um, you know, I would do one tour a year at the same time as I was a management consultant at the same time as I had my therapy practice. Uh, You know, I'm sure you know what I'm
1: speaking about. I'm sure that you're multitasking like crazy. I'm a demon multitasker. Absolutely, (laughs) I am. I am. I multitask. Yeah, I've got the television going. I've got some documentary playing. I'm answering emails. I'm I'm talking to people. You know, setting up setting up. Yeah, I'm multitasking all the time. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, yeah. I, as I work with my clients who I call the difference makers or the new world teachers, they're all people mm-hmm. wanting to make a difference in this world in some way. And um, many people have these spiritual awakenings and they just don't know what to do with it. And, I, and, you know, looking at what you've done with your life, there's just so much you can do with it. you like, there's just so much.
0: Yes, that's it and what what i do and i'm sure it's the same thing for you is that i do what i love right and that is really the key it's when you have a, a passion about something you sparkle
1: right. and
0: when you do something that you really don't want to it's like the energy is just flat absolutely and people people are attracted to you when you're passionate and when you're flat, no one wants to know about it anyway. So, so people often think, well, oh, I'll do this job for 20 or 30 years, and then I'm going to retire, and then I'll do what I really want to do. Well, what a waste
1: of 20 or 30 years or your whole life. Yeah, I don't know if it's a, it's a waste. It's just a choice, so Tanis, isn't it? I, I just, you know, I've uh, had a chat with my guides about the people that have come to this planet to be a part of the shift in the transformation of human consciousness and and um my guide said to me we understood how difficult the earth plane is and you know we sent millions because we understand that many of you most of you in fact will get caught up in the human drama and you just will it'll be too hard to do your work it's just Mm -hmm. like you'll just get married have kids go to work pay the mortgage you know like you'll just get caught up And um, I don't think it's wrong. It's just a choice. You know, it's just a choice. It's an experience.
0: Yeah, it is a choice. But um, I'm sure that you reach those people. And I call that the dark night of the soul. Right. When people are living a half-life or they're only living a quarter life. Like when I I was a, a management consultant for 35 years, I would have, if anyone asked my preference, I would have said I would prefer to only do spiritual workshops. However, what happened was I did not, I didn't have a calling card. I had no letterhead. I called no one. And all of these organizations called me to do workshops. And so that said to me, no, you're supposed to be there. And that allowed me to, it's like looking at where the breadcrumbs lead. Mm. So that allowed me to engage in that rather than thinking I'm trapped, I'm victimized, I would rather be somewhere else. I could say, I've been called here, obviously. And And the people who are going to be here in these workshops, somehow the 30% of who I am fully is going to be exactly the right amount that they need to hear right now. Right. Rather than thinking, I've got to lay it all out, the whole 100% shebang right now, like, oh, my God. No.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's, that's such a great point. Uh, that's such a great point. Cause uh, many people who have spiritual awakenings think that they have to like leave their corporate world and leave their life in order to be spiritual hippies and do it differently. But I love that you were in amongst the mainstream, you know, bringing your magic and your wisdom in a very digestible way for the mainstream that they could cope with, you know, Uh, I love that you were sort of doing that. And I think that we can all do that. I I was listening to a podcast, Third Eye Salon, and um, Linda Coulter-Burge was sharing her story. And uh, she said that she had this past life, a recall as a dream. dream, and, And she had an employee who was one of these magic people who said to her one day, I want to talk to you about your reoccurring dream and she said what reoccurring dream you know that dream where you die because she in the dream she was killed Uh and you know and so there she was in this mainstream job able to help this woman cope with something that was really she needed coping with because she would never have gone to a psychic or at that point in her life now she is a psychic and a teacher but yeah, got, so yeah, we need people in the mainstream, you know.
0: I I think so. And and there are a lot of undercover agents in the corporate world. Right. And I remember once I was applying for this job with um a, a pulp and paper company actually one of Canada's largest and I went to meet the head of HR and I went through well I can do customer service and I can do dynamics of change and I can do blah blah all these corporate title you know titles of workshops and and then and then just I could tell he wasn't interested at all and I had nothing to lose and I could say Or we could do something really experimental about taking your soul to work. (laughs) And he said, now I'm interested.
1: (laughs) I love it, I love it. Taking your soul to work. Everyone should take their soul to work. I think everyone should take their soul everywhere, actually. I think everyone should live from their soul's perspective. You know what, yeah. I, I'm fascinated because, you know, it says that you were seeing and hearing elementals, angels, and master teachers in higher dimensions ever since you're a child. I'd love to explore a bit of that. What was happening to you as a child?
0: I was a closeted child, really. Um, I didn't realize that other people did not have these abilities. Of, of being able to be telepathic or clearer, clearer ven, uh, sentient or clearer, clairvoyant didn't occur to me. And um, I was about seven years old when I was walking to school with a couple of my girlfriends, my little girlfriends. And one of them was saying one thing to me and thinking another. And I said to her, why are you saying this and thinking this? She was horrified and then the other girl was horrified and i realized they couldn't tell the difference it like the the penny dropped so i went home that night and i tried it out on my parents <laughs> and to my to my great dismay they couldn't tell the difference either so at age 7 i developed my own system of ethics that i would only listen as deeply as people wanted to be heard and see people as deeply as they wanted to be seen and um, and I didn't tell people about this and there were a lot of secrets in my family Irish family secret 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 and um, I remember that they I would leave my body and I go out and listen to a conversation my parents were having in the living room when they thought we were asleep. And then I'd come back to my body and call out the answer. And so there was a joke in my family that I had extraordinary hearing. And I never said anything different. You see, I I went with these things. That's amazing.
1: That's, <laughs> I totally relate. I totally relate to you. What people are thinking when they're saying the opposite thing, that was something that constantly perplexed me as a child, never thinking I was psychic in any way that people would not say what they meant. And then I'd call them out and I'd say, how are you? And they go, Oh yeah, good. Everything's good. Everything's fine. It's great. And I'm like, no, it's not and get really angry because they were trying to, you know, pretend, cover it up. And you're like seeing what's really going on. And yeah, I just used to judge myself as being wrong, I suppose, because people said, no, you're wrong a lot. You're wrong. You're wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, But I wasn't wrong. (laughs) I'm still not Yeah, you're still not wrong. wrong.
0: And now now it's your profession. And now it's my profession. I know. And now it's my profession. Exactly. So, so ultimately, um, it all turns right. And I don't know about your parents, but I have to really say thank you to my parents because they had a hardware store, a mom and pop hardware store. And so it was a very concrete, practical life that I had where you you have a product and you sell it. And so they grounded me. It was a grounding that I went through. So. So it wasn't a mistake, none of it. How about your family? Did you get the right
1: parents? Oh, look, absolutely. I got the right parents for what I wanted to experience in this lifetime. And that was very selfish, very dysfunctional people. (laughs) That absolutely showed me what misery was like. Oh, dear. Yeah, what not following your passion was like, what anger was like. Like they, yeah, you know, like my mother died at 50. She had of cancer and I was like about 15, 16. And she really showed me wh- what misery was like and how you can how you can think yourself sick by holding on to hatred and resentment and and not and not being who you wanted to be. She's since reincarnated and now she is following her passion. Like she never wanted to get married and have children. She wanted to be on stage, she wanted to be famous, she wanted to be creative. And, you know, mm. for women in that era, she, she did what good, you know, respecting women do. They get married and have children and settle down. And she never wanted any of that. And, and then her husband leaves her for a younger model. And um, and then she's miserable for years and the misery just killed her at 50. You know, she was the perfect teacher, really, for, mm. for someone wanting to know how how this world works. And um, perfect mm. teacher. I think, I think all our parents are... Perfection, even when they're the most dysfunctional ones you can have. You can have brilliant, you know, okay. teachers and kind, loving parents, or you can have the opposite, and they're all perfect for what you want to know in this lifetime, I think. Totally. And then, sometime, you know, in
0: either early or middle age, we have to overthrow the programming, don't we? Right.
1: Yeah. Mm. But tell me about the elementals. Were you playing with them as a child? Were you speaking to the fairies and the leprechauns, or what was happening? Well, not only me,
0: because a lot of children before the age of seven, there's this, this veil, um, you know, and it doesn't exist between this world and the other world. And it, it starts coming down when kids go to school. And, um, so I was seeing what I called, um, my special friend and I would play with my special friend. And this was... This was an elemental. And so when kids are talking about playing with their special friends, they're often talking about playing with elementals. And this whole story about Peter Pan and going to Never Never Land, and what a wonderful story that is. Well, Peter Pan is Is an elemental an elf and 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 you can only go before you hit puberty and as soon as you hit puberty you can't go there anymore as soon as you start to grow up because that's when the veils come down either at age seven and if you escape they'll come down at at puberty and for some reason um, they didn't come down for me these veils. And um, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, I don't know if those veils came down for her either.
1: <laughs> oh, God, I think they did for sure. <laughs> for sure. I think they did. But wow. Yeah, that's I've never thought about Peter Pan like that before. you're absolutely right, aren't you? It's uh, mm-hmm. the magic of childhood. I have a client um, whose husband's had a terrible accident and she's got these young children and he's okay. He's healing. But I said, how the, you know, how are the little one, how are your kids coping? And she said the little one is about two is just in pure ecstatic joy, you know, dad's sick, but it's not affecting his joy, you know, like his joy. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, Oh, if only we could all be like that, like regardless of the chaos happening around us, if we can maintain that connection to that, Joy that these little kids have, you know, when he comes online, he's laughing and giggling and waving and he's just exuberant. If only we could all be like that before the veils come down.
0: And then after they do, we have to learn how to help people and ourselves remove them right. so that by the time
1: we get them removed, we're back to joy again. Mm. So what did the elementals teach you as a child? Where you are talking to them and having conversations with them and the angels and the masters? You said... You were well, as a child,
0: no. It was like I, I treated this as normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a special thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was all, it was just part of my everyday existence. And um, I think the, the difficult time for me happened when I was 8 years old and um we moved from living in the country um really really a remote place a different province to toronto and my parents not having very much money they opened their first store very little store and we lived above it um in this tiny apartment where my brother and i shared a bedroom without even a window and um and it was on a highway so there was no connection with nature however I kept up then my inner life I still had my inner life and I remember do you remember when kids went to brownies and And then then you got to fly up to go to guides. And so I studied like crazy and did all my knots and got all my badges. And the day came that I was going to fly up. And I thought, oh, this is going to be so wonderful. Finally, I can go to Never Never Land and leave this terrible apartment um, back. And what happened was trying to fly up, my mom said to me, now, Tanis, when you go tonight, don't be too disappointed, eh? Because she knew I had this idea I was going to fly because I would stand on furniture and and try to fly when, when they weren't around and they'd hear me underneath in the store, right? So I went and then I saw this lineup and the guides at the other end and they said now just flap your arms like this and run down to the end and i did it and i was a guide and there had been no magic so once again i realized adults could not promise me anything so there was this continual disappointment of Not being able to get any help from adults um, with my spiritual journey which led me to to be very secretive and not tell people about various things because I thought, (laughs) who knows what they, my brother got sent to to be fixed by a psychiatrist because he was doing weird things. And I thought, oh, I don't wanna be fixed.
1: I don't wanna be fixed. But that desire to fly, it's, it's in, don't you think it's in all children? I so remember, like, yes. why can't I fly? And I used to have flying dreams. I'm like, I can fly in my dreams. Why can't I fly? But its I think it's a memory of who we are as spirit and weightless and without a body. It must be a memory. And then it's so yes. confusing that we've got these dense, heavy bodies that just don't lift off. Like, well, hello? <laughs> We're not lifting <laughs> off. <laughs> so, <laughs> so many kids to want to fly, jump off the sea. You know, it's such a classic thing yeah and you realize that the yeah the adults weren't going to help you and so your brother was pretty switched on as well
0: he was switched on and he used to be um a sleepwalker wow and he would be in a trance state and they'd find him out on the street you know um on the highway dead asleep wow and um and i used to also um be in a semi-trance state when I went to sleep sometimes and I'd call my parents and they and my mom told me she'd come and I'd know I'd called her and I would know I gave her um you know one of the things in my in my room I'd get up and then I'd go back to bed and she used to say to me you know I can ask you anything when I come in and you give me the most incredible answers about things. And I was only,
1: I was only young. So, so when she says, when you come in, when you're asleep, like she's talking about know, when, you, I'm, in when I'm asleep, sleep. when so I'm she,
0: asleep, oh and I
1: call her to come. Uh-huh.
0: And I'd be standing up and I would give her like my dresser drawer to put back in my dresser or something, then I would go back to bed. She'd follow me to the bed and then she would start asking me questions. And I knew she was doing it, but I was also, I was in my astral body um, being able to still speak and yet semi trance state is the best way I can describe it. I was almost unconscious, but not.
1: I know, I know exactly what you're talking about it's a state of being in and out of the body simultaneously. So you're out and you're connected to your soul or higher wisdom, but you're mm-hmm. also inside your body, but you're aware that you're out and in, like you're aware that your body's yeah. asleep, but or you're asleep. in it. Yeah, yeah. So there's this, I don't know what you call it. This jewel, this jewel. I, I remember I spoke to Nancy Rhines who had a near death. She was an atheist that had a near death experience and, and she was hit by a truck which she was on a bike. So she's being dragged under the truck. And she's experiencing being dragged under the truck and the pain of all, but she's also outside watching the whole thing. So she's having that dual, that dual uh-huh. thing, you know, being outside the body and inside the body simultaneously, having that identity with both aspects of ourselves. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm.
0: Yes and I I find that when I used to lead people in past life regressions and also lead them to find out what their purpose it was in this life mm-hmm. and why they chose their mom and their dad before they entered mm-hmm. so that they'd be hovering mm-hmm. above their body and and they would have these 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 dual experiences of seeing their mother's body seeing the you know there at the same time as they were making the decision
1: Mm.
0: to come down into it Mm. and um so these these things are oh there's so many words you could use you could say that it's a a medium hypnotic state you could Mm -hmm. say that it is a, a spiritual state i don't know
1: yeah it's okay. Well, well, let's let's get to when you knew that you were here to make a difference to teach people. Like, how old were you when you got your marching orders from your higher self? <laughs>
0: um, I was eighteen. Uh huh. And um, I was skiing with my brother. And um, I just started my first year of university, so I was living away from home. And um, I I it was a rope tow and it was my first time skiing, and I had a scarf on, and I was being towed up by this rope, and there was nobody back in the the little shack to turn off the power. And I'm going up by my neck, and way up into the air, hanging by my neck, oh. and- just as your lady who who had a near death experience, mm-hmm. all time stopped mm-hmm. and and um I had the foresight to hold my hold the rope with this hand so that it wouldn't wind anymore mm-hmm. and hold the scarf here because I knew that the only way I was getting down was if I went if I could get my, my scarf cut on the pulley and now i'm like way up in the air oh my god Mm -hmm. but i have no fear none none and i saw my i saw two paths open to me i i saw if i chose to die my parents would be absolutely devastated i could see the whole story about Mm -hmm. how devastated and not just devastated for like a year but like really devastated mm. and then I saw this other path and I heard you won't be able to start your real work till you're 28. Wow you're going to have to
1: put in time wow yeah time as like a human as a human just yeah part.
0: yeah as a human uh going to university and traveling around the world. And I became a high school teacher for a while. I worked in factories. I did lots of things. And then when I was 28, I started teaching spiritual courses and being a a psychotherapist.
1: Uh, I'll get to that. But how did you get out of the... How did you get out
0: of the... the... Oh, well, I just kept holding it. And I thought this might hurt. And, but you know, there was no fear. It was the strangest thing. And I just hit the pole, knocked unconscious, severed the scarf and dropped me on the ground. And I came, I came to, and my brother is looking at me with such horror and such love. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't say anything. I didn't say I mean, this was before the days when you go to a chiropractor or you think you should be calling the ambulance. I, I just said, oh, I'm here, don't worry, because I didn't want anyone to know how close it had been. I didn't uh-huh. want my parents to know. I didn't want my brother to know. See, I held so many secrets through my whole childhood. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but there you go.
1: The cat's out of the bag, tennis. I know. <laughs> so I know. The, well, the life of Tannis Haley Will is over. <laughs> I know. I'm, o- I'm, I'm of an age
0: now where I think, oh, boy, you know, my, both my parents are dead and mm. my brother's still here, which is lovely. But, you know, I have – there's – gosh, how much energy do you have to use holding secrets?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's exhausting. It's absolutely oh. exhausting. Yeah. So 20, you started at 28. Yeah, wow. Okay, well let's get into some of the um, oh, some of your books. Uh, okay, I want to talk about Steiner's work too, because it's sort of tied into your, um, tied into your latest book about the body elemental. but I want to talk about uh, manifest yourself for decoding your destiny and the hybrids, these books, the hybrids. What's the hybrids book about? That sounds fascinating. So you think you're human. So you think you're human, do you? <laughs> you're human.
0: <laughs> well, The Hybrid's Book is is one of my later ones and it it actually came 20 years after an earlier book called Summer with the Leprechauns, where I lived, when I was in my early 30s, I lived in this haunted cottage in Ireland. And at that point, I thought I was going to get awakened. Um, that was the plan. The plan was to get awakened. And so I gave up my relationship of 15 years and and gave up all my work and put my house up on the, for sale and and went to live in a haunted cottage and ended up it was haunted by le- leprechauns, which I had not known. It was, it was sight on scene how I rented this cottage. So anyway, I worked with elementals for so many years as part of my spiritual work. And, and just so people know elementals are nature spirits, they're elves and fairies and gnomes and trolls and every country in the world has them. So i did that for years and then i realized in my psychotherapy practice that some of the people who were coming to see me had elemental heritage they were not fully human and that their issues stemmed from the fact that they weren't fully human they were had elemental heritage and so i had to look at what would that entail and then i could help them from there i started working with people with angelic heritage and then there were dragon dragon heritage and then there was dolphin heritage and so i started teaching workshops called hybrids so you think you're human and and this was such, such popular work in workshops that one, I remember it was in Germany that, you know, I was doing this workshop and all these people said, we've got the name for your next book and we want you to write a book on it. That's how it happened. Wow. So it's about 22 different possible hybrids that we could be and some of them are star beings, star beings some of them yes. are other earth uh, earth evolutions and some right. of them are human cousins
1: right so when you say uh, heritage like elemental or angelic heritage what does that look like because it's not exactly like having a past life is it? it's, it's, it's it's a part like how does that how do you explain that it's
0: what is our essential essence?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if if it we was stripped right back from um, all of our earth lives, for example, right? So I could, it was going beyond past lives on earth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I did a lot of that. I did thousands of thousands of people. So I did a lot of that and that this is going even further to think maybe you are your original heritage is that you're not an earth being. You might've been here for thousands of years, even hundreds of thousands of years, but you may not originally been an earth being.
1: But that would encompass everybody. None of us are originally from here. We're all just holidaying here on planet earth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right in one way. However, where are we from? So I found out that there were, um, and I still work with with our in our International Institute for Transformation. We are a bunch of hybrids. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I seem to attract hybrids. We'll have to you'll have to be thinking about what kind of hybrid you could be. So there are beings from the center of the Earth. Mm-hmm. That is one kind of hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, there are uh, pan pan beings um the the great god pan um and there are people who are are that kind of being and a good example of that was rudolf nureyev the mm-hmm. great ballet dancer was a, a pan being a pan hybrid wow. we could be a whale hybrid oh,
1: yeah.
0: and they have the collective unconscious of The world, not just humanity, but the world, they embody that, and that's their great gift here for us.
1: The collective unconscious of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I've always said I look like a beach whale. on the beach <laughs> no, i'm very connected to the whale energy i've got a friend david who is absolutely whale obsessed we always send each other whale photographs look 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 but well yeah, he's a hybrid well-being but he's also a it, star being as well he's very connected to his galactic lineage so you know and you can be both. Both. we're so multi-dimensional really yes we?
0: yes but but you and you could be both mm. you could be but normally um if you're a star being, you would choose maybe one or two possible earth evolutions to enter. So you could like being a star being decide, ooh, I'm going to come in to whale evolution for gosh knows how long. We know that the whale and the dolphin are all connected to human evolution anyway, mm-hmm. that we were split off before. So, and then at some point you could have said, well, now I'm going to leave the whale. I'm going to now come in to human landform evolution. So that is a possibility. Um, I find that Star beings are more common to leave an ev- another evolution than maybe um, er, uh, elementals, for example. What do you mean elementals? by that? Well, well, I've I've spoken about how a star being uh, could decide I'm going to become a whale, and then after so many thousands of years, they decide now I'm going to be a human mm-hmm. on land. Mm-hmm instead of a human in water. And, um, and, and yet an elemental might've initially been an elf, comes into human evolution, is so gifted in the arts that they, they're happy. They're just gonna stay in human evolution. They've got enough to juggle between their elf heritage and their human. That is enough, thank you very much.
1: So they won't sort of take on the star lineage. You're saying? No, of... you, you, no, they wouldn't. They yeah, wouldn't. wouldn't.
0: Usually, the star lineage comes down. So, yeah. so
1: in your experience, what does a dual soul with a elemental, um, you know, look like? Someone that has a that has the elemental lineage. So, how does their life sort of unfold as a human? Oh well, you may think I'm one,
0: but I'm not. <laughs> I'm actually a star being, but I did spend a lot of time with uh, Elemento, so I have done that, and, um, and so I can carry that, and that's also maybe why they trust me. They trust me and get me to write these books because of that time, and um, so let's say, okay, let's say somebody like an elf. we'll we'll talk about elves so there's two kinds of elves there's uh forest elves and there's royal elves now royal elves if they come into human evolution they are usually drop dead gorgeous um, and they become movie stars they're usually slender and they um, can take on elves Any elemental can take on many different personas. So I won't name names, but you can imagine who some of those people could be. And they have a magnetism, just a natural charm and magnetism. Well, I'm thinking about Meryl.
1: Possibly. (laughs) Meryl Streep. Yes. Yeah, she's got the knack of taking on all those different personas.
0: Yes, and often they are gifted in more than one. They could also be gifted in painting. They could be gifted in singing. They could be gifted in dancing. And there are common problems, though, that sometimes um, elementals have. Um, Addiction is one of the problems, for example, because when you're in the elemental world, you can change the reality with a thought oh i want to be in a different place and they travel in space and time and oh i want to have on different clothes oh so now i have them so because it's an astro existence where we all can be who we want and go where we want they can do that and so they come here and it is dead boring
1: so boring
0: oh no. thank you.
1: I'm thinking of a girlfriend. I'm thinking of a girlfriend who is exactly like that, who is completely an alcoholic and uh, alcohol just really was her demise. She's still alive, but she's not functioning very well. But my God, was she dynamic. I've never met a more dynamic person in my life and beautiful and could be and do anything sing and dance and act and she used to do a one-woman show as Elvis She's oh my god she was hilarious but alcohol got her she just yeah oh my god anyway go on please go on
0: well if it's not alcohol you could be addicted to drugs and if it's not alcohol or drugs you could be addicted to sex Mm. and elementals aren't Aren't immoral, but they are amoral. Mm-hmm. So they often have trouble sticking with monogamous <laughs> codes of behavior that we're supposed to have right. in this. So, so they can get themselves into some difficulties. Right. Because as soon as they see it, they want it.
1: <laughs> yes, that's a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was her oh my god I've got stories to tell you about her Absolutely, <laughs> exactly like that oh my god yeah <laughs> wow I would never have thought that elementals were like that I was thinking so there is a place here in Australia called Byron Bay and it attracts a lot of light workers light weavers you know and it's very uh, earth. There's so many people up there that are so connected to the earth. So many earth babies, and they're mm-hmm. they're doing stuff with the earth. They're saving the earth. They're planting. They're, they're just so. They're just such earth babies. And I would have thought that they were elementals. You know, so connected to the earth. And um, they could be, but my, it could be a kind
0: of elemental kind. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, like leprechauns are very much more grounded and earthy than elves in fact in the in the elemental world leprechauns look after the money of the elves who are renowned at not being good at, at looking after their own money
1: okay so <laughs> elves have money why do elves have money i don't
0: understand why they Have why money well well elves elves in this life have money and human life have money and they but it often goes through their fingers and um and and in the elemental world they don't call it money they call it gold Uh but uh with gold um you can buy all sorts of uh wonderful things for for your loved one i mean they've adopted an awful lot of human mannerisms Um, And human, they can see us, even though if we can't see them, they can see us.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I've had the gorgeous Penny Kelly, who lives in upstate New York, who's a a star being. But like you, she can see, she had this unbelievable kundalini awakening in her 30s, but... She had a farm in upstate New York and the, the elves and the leprechauns would speak to her, the elves would, she could see them all and they would wow. talk to her and um, talk to her about planting and how to plant more efficiency so she could have a bit, of, she grew, grew grapes and sold them at market, and, you know, how to get a bigger crop and she, so she wrote a book called The Elves of Lily Hill Farm. Yeah, so
0: Yes, I know that book actually. You know that book? Yeah. Yes, I do. Well give her my love. Yeah, she's wonderful. fabulous. Wonderful, wonderful work she's doing. Yes.
1: But yeah, she's yeah, but oh okay, this is fascinating, Tannis. This is fascinating. Okay, so so that's what the, the, the traits of someone with high high elf, did you say, would be that sort of artistic yes. creative yes. Impatient, royal
0: elf. Royal, elf.
1: And what are the rest? What would someone else with different lineage like? um... Well, okay. Um,
0: Leprechaun lineage. Mm -hmm. Can you think of someone who was a renowned comic and other comics held this person in very high esteem and said that he was the best of them all? And he passed over from suicide not
1: too long ago. Oh you're talking about Robin Williams. I am. So leprechaun lineage. Ah that's interesting.
0: Yes. Leprechauns have the gift of the gab. They can they like to think that they can out talk and outsmart any other elemental. And they love to have a little bit of a word debate with humans. My leprechaun friend, because it's a leprechaun friend I actually have, his name is Lloyd. And um, he's the one who wanted me to write these various books on how to work with elementals. And, um, and he loves it when I match him, when I, when I can rise to the occasion and match him in a joke or turn oh. something around. He loves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gives him great good fun. So he doesn't like to just have people who have no sense of humor or can't do a debate or anything like that.
1: Yeah. So what about people that have angelic lineage? I was speaking to Robert Henry, who channels the archangels, lives in South Africa, talking to the archangels through Robert because Robert leaves the building when the angels come through. And he said something quite poignant. He said, just like humans can (laughs) He said, split, he has this sort of accent, split, split their soul, split. He said, the angels can split their soul and incarnate into human lives. So um, so that the angel soul doesn't incarnate, it splits and then comes. So it was really interesting, that little bit of um, detail to this whole thing. because, Yeah, it's so fascinating. What, yes, it is. What would the traits of an angelic lineage look like? Well, my partner is
0: um, an angel hybrid, mm-hmm. and they—they um, they hold the essence of the divine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the elementals are form builders. They build the beautiful form on the world—the trees and the rocks and. And the gardens, the, the, all of our foods and the mountains and the waters. But the angels imbue the form with essence, with life. And so it depends on what kind of um, quality the angel has. So you've got like angels of healing or angels of peace or... Um, I, yeah, a lot of um, angels that work with Archangel Michael, hmm. I have found, which is Will will um, have come into, come into incarnation. And um, yeah, so, and they need it, they need it. But there's something pure about, um, about uh, angels and their commitment to the divine. Um, Even if they haven't led what from the outside looks like a pure life, they, there is a purity about them. There's a trustworthiness about them. You trust yeah. them. Yeah. Is that your is that your, your feeling as well?
1: I'm yeah, I'm thinking they're they're in they're in service. Like I'm thinking of people that do jobs like nurses and teachers and like they're in they're constantly in service. They're in service jobs, like helping and being in service to humanity in some way. Mm-hmm. In all sorts of jobs. Yeah. Yeah beautiful wow fascinating and we could go into the star lineage but there's so many star lineages that people could be connected to so many what's your experience with the hybrids from the from our star nation people friends family
0: well the angel is a a star nation Mm. Um, depends on which one i should talk about um maybe um, I'll talk a little bit about, hmm, it wants me to talk about mine and I'm avoiding it like the plague. I...
1: On, spit <laughs> it out, spit it
0: no, 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 that one I don't want to. Why I not? Think I... <laughs> <Come> on, <Dennis. laughs> Why don't you want
1: to talk about it?
0: It's um it, it comes with um a kind of modesty and I think that this is um, a Canadian quality, a Canadians. Um, you remember that all my life I tried to hide. Mm. I tried to hide, so that um, I wouldn't I wouldn't shine too brightly, right? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be noticed. Right. Why? Because it would have been dangerous and Canadians are known for being the compromisers, uh, you know, the modest ones, the peacekeepers. Um, And maybe it's because we're, you know, glued at the hip to a very other kind of nation, which is south of us. but I often think that if you put a Canadian-American together, you would get the perfect combination. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you'd get the American going out there and leading and, you know, and being whatever, you know, not taking no for an answer. And then you'd have the Canadian saying, well, hold on now. Um, we have to look at the other
1: side. <laughs> okay. And- kind of spilled beans. What's your style lineage? Come no, on. Out there. You're avoiding the question.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I've got a blush. I blush. Now I've made such a big deal about it. <laughs> now, now I know. have to say it. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Okay. Okay. I am one called an L. An L so um the l are the same as the elohim they're the same as the elders they are also the teachers of the elementals because Mm -hmm. Ls also create form Mm -hmm. so it is natural that i would have a partner who is an angel to imbue the form with essence so they're mental. Elves are more mental. Angels are more from the heart. And um, I often say that in the uh, we've got a threefold flame in our heart, and it's the flame of love, wisdom, and divine will. Mm. And um, I've always known that my strong one was wisdom. Mm and it's not that i don't value love i've worked on it all my life and in the last 20 years since this this iit organization that people wanted i didn't want it once again i was happy just doing my workshop and i'm off Uh they wanted it so i had to commit to it so i've had to move into will Mm. so ultimately we need all three and in balance Mm. but this book that i've just been writing Mm. it's written by the body elemental which is the same as the body spirit which as it turns out is the same as the holy spirit which is the same as the divine mother sophia and the divine mother the holy spirit is guess what they're in charge of wisdom Mm.
1: so yeah it's about wisdom okay so I often get my clients and students to speak to the wisdom of the body so often I I say to them if you've got pain in your body rather than saying I've got to get rid of this pain I've got to fix it I've got to heal it I've got to go take a drug go to a doctor have some acupuncture like just go into the body and ask it what it's trying to show you and speak to the wisdom of the body because the pain is an indication that there is an um resistance or out of balance. And like let's look at what that is. So when I'm asking them to do that, I'm actually asking them to speak to um the divine mother. What what did you call it? The um the Holy Spirit, the which, Holy is, Spirit.
0: which mm-hmm. is the same as the body elemental it's the body consciousness as you said that that is the consciousness in the body but it is spirit in form and spirit in form is the divine mother which is wisdom which is wisdom and it is yeah so you have just known this
1: yeah
0: but without labels yeah without labels bloody hell i wish you'd written a book it's taken me seven years on this book it's never i never take seven years on a book because layer and layer it was like an onion layer and layer and layer, layer kept on revealing itself and um how to make it more simple more edible
1: <laughs> so the book uh good morning henry Who's Henry? Henry's the body spirit. Henry's the body spirit. You've just Henry. given him a name just for... He just
0: said, Henry. no, he 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 said he wanted to be called Henry. And then I, when I said, well, I find out halfway through the book that Henry is the same thing as the Holy Spirit. He didn't tell me that initially. And then I said, well, what the heck? You're, you know, this is the divine mother. Why aren't you Henrietta? <laughs> right. <laughs> And what did Henry say? Yeah. Why do you think the divine mother has to be feminine?
1: Ooh. I like the name Henry. Wow. Why do you think <laughs> the divine mother has to be feminine? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, let's look at the body elemental uh, wisdom. Okay. So, you know. <laughs> I often tell people that my spiritual uh, uh, my, my, a part of my spiritual awakening was studying physiology and anatomy and when I realized that there is such a wisdom and intelligence that is the body that you know that is the body when when you think of like there's something like 300 trillion chemical reactions all going off simultaneously in any one moment or there's some mm-hmm. huge number I don't know what the number is but it's big and they're all, it's all orchestrating. There's this unbelievable wisdom and intelligence that is the body. I started to think, like, who designed this? I mean, what intelligence designed this? And that's when I started thinking outside of, you know, oh. myself. So that wisdom of the body, Henry, <laughs> I'm a divine mother. <laughs> <laughs> How can we work with her, him, it? the Holy Spirit of the body.
0: Oh, in a nutshell, I think you discovered it just because of your high, high intuition that you, 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 you started down a path, didn't you? You started, as you said, looking at the physiology of the body and its mechanics and whatever, but you're so clairsentient. You know, you're so, kin- you're so kinesthetic. You're so touchy.
1: Tell me about it. <laughs> you know? I feel, I'm feeling everything. Working with people. I
0: know, I know. I I feel yeah. feel that in you. you. Feel that. I feel that in you, and so it is your gift. It is your gift. This uh, kinesthetic sense and being able to feel, and that allows you to empathize with all of your guests, and 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 to to put yourself where they are at. You know where they are at, and. How did they get to be where their story is? And so it was only natural that you discovered it. You you discovered yourself. Ah, oh, the wisdom of the body. Because that is one of your gifts, really, it is. If you weren't doing what you were doing. Oh, I do a lot of things. Don't you worry. <laughs> I, I bet it. I bet. And you know who I'm reminded of who's also incredibly kinesthetic is Oprah. yeah and she may also be a whale hybrid
1: yes yeah, she might be
0: yeah. i have done this thinking mm. but you know initially i had put all these famous people in the book and someone looked at it and said oh no you've got to get you've got to get these names out of there
1: you're going to be sued <laughs> i don't know if they can sue calling them a hybrid can they anyway
0: well, yeah because I had a very unattractive one for Bill Gates <laughs> oh
1: wow okay. and feel, he, you know he I, just the one to sue me oh yeah he, well not at the moment he and his um, he and his wife have just announced they're divorcing and um, yeah I found that interesting news yeah, I'm just going to leave it there interesting news because he's a big player in the world stage at the moment and what's happening Uh, in the world stage so he's going through his own dark night of the soul i checked his twitter out yesterday when i found out this news and and he was promoting a a movie on netflix about family values and i'm like "Mm, getting into Mm. the heart bill are we yeah about time (laughs)
0: Mm. Oh, I'm so glad that we didn't leave it totally.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go. No, there. no, no. <laughs> Enough so, said. So Enough. Did you leave his name in the book?
0: No, I took everybody's name out. Oh, you took them all out. Oh, yes, I had. Oh, yes. And I'm sure I did a pretty good job on naming them. But I took them all out because I thought, oh, God. And, you know, some of the people, too, are so sensitive that I didn't want to embarrass them. You know, it it comes back to my own system of ethics. But he wasn't one of those, actually. (laughs) But... (laughs) But it comes back to my own system of ethics around, you know, you only see people as deeply as they want to be seen. And you don't, you know, bring that into the public forum unless they have given you an indication that it is okay.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Mm. So let's get into anthroposophy. Anthropo- I don't even know how to say it that well. Anthroposophical information, what exactly is Anthroposophy for those people who don't understand what it is? Whoa.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, for Anthroposophy, you have to go back more than a hundred years to Rudolf Steiner, who was Austrian and he was a mystic. And he was an interesting mystic in that um he really functioned incredibly well in the world mm-hmm. and he developed a lot of systems of study and practice that would be very useful for um many people in the world he de- he developed the waldorf schools of education and there are waldorf schools all over the world and um he de- and and that's based on learning things when you've got the development ready to learn them rather than having math shoved down your throat when you're five years old or something. And he developed a system of art, um, working with color like Goethe, like Goethe did. He developed a system of gardening, which calls biodynamic gardening, which is more strict even than organic gardening. And he developed a system of dance called Eurythmy, which is based on movements of the universe and how you can heal yourself through various um, movements. And um, really, really, and his system of medicine, anthroposophical doctors and psychiatrists. So um, his his work has spread way past Europe to all over the world. And people may not be aware of all of the disciplines, but um, just to, to realize there are those disciplines. And um, and he also spoke about the body elemental. And he spoke about elementals and how important to work with elementals. And so I think that there are many people who are doing aspects of Rudolf Steiner's uh, work. And I, I can say honestly that I attract a lot of them. And um, even though I don't call myself an anthroposophist, um, I, I have a, a certain familiarity with some of these disciplines and I feel comfortable with the study because if we believe that the earth is sacred and that humans are here to be guardians of the earth, then all of these disciplines are needed to be a full co-creative guardian on the earth. And that is my work, to help people do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When I think of science, you know, what we're discussing in the High Self Expos, where science meets spirituality, science is just a way of organizing wisdom, isn't it? just It's like a system of just like Rudolph had all this information and wisdom available to him and so he's organized it into systems in order for the human mind the linear Mm -hmm. human mind to understand it and work with it yes and um and so it's deemed a science really anthroposophy is deemed a science because you've got all this information available to you and when you're psychic you're you know like what do you do with it how do you work with it how do you integrate it into human life and uh
0: and it, it yeah. as you're coming together now, how wonderful that, I mean, we're in a place now where where science has always been three-dimensional play, you know, prove it to me, one plus one equals two, but all of a sudden now, one plus one equals three. three. As soon as we're in there, we are starting into this whole realm of metaph- metaphysics, right. and yeah. so we have... Um, metaphysics and science coming together now Mm. because we know for sure there are at least eight dimensions and that's all that theoretical physicists and mathematicians can talk about but i think that we're even beyond eight dimensions Mm. so i think that it continues to be evolving i believe that who we call god the creator divine is an evolving being Mm. Don't,
1: do you believe that too? Oh, absolutely. How could it not be? How could it not split oh. itself into infinite streams of consciousness that is all playing out in an in infinite amount of lives on many different planes of existence and, you know, and, and not evolve? I mean, it's continuing to expand and grow through all the experiences that we have. In our, you know, in our, so that's why I say when we go back to the beginning of our conversation, even if the light workers come in and get caught up in the, in the human drama, it's still an experience which is evolving the all, uh, even when their intention to be of um, help and to help teach and evolve this world is not played out in a lifetime. That experience that they do have is still benefiting the whole because it's all experience that um, is benefiting the whole, the whole being God, if you want to call it that, or the unified field, or the morphic field, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs>
0: yeah. So conscious.
1: Pardon. Mm. So or the bit. collective unconscious. The collective unconscious. Yeah. It's yeah. the same. same. Yeah. Oh, uh huh how could it not be evolving yeah many many teachers of spiritual discipline say that you know god is the divine and the perfect and so perfection it doesn't change but i don't think that god is not changing i think that you're right it's ever evolving mm-hmm. and expanding and how mm-hmm. could it not yeah it's and just, i oh yes yeah, sorry to interrupt i was just saying it's unfathomable to just speak of the the amount of just what is out there available in there out there just just think about it just look out just look up at the stars and the sky and the amount of consciousnesses and lives and experiences going on it's just unfathomable to even think about Anyway, go on, please go on. What were you gonna say, Tana? Oh, I was
0: just going to add to what you were saying, and that is that these these people who you say may be on more unconscious and and just paying their bills and going to their job they're not keen on and whatever and how they're still evolving. I really feel Karen. Karen? (laughs) I'll have to get it right. Karen, Karen. I really, we have a good sense of humor about this. <laughs> you could start calling me Tanis, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, where was I going? I really um, feel collect, the yeah the collective unconscious that I feel now. What's going on is that. So many people are waking up that we're transforming not only our own karma anymore. Mm -hmm. We are transforming the ancestral, the family karma, the collective on karma of humanity. Absolutely. And so as this is happening in your work and so many other blessed works that people are doing, um, we are actually giving more energy down to those people who aren't totally awake yet. Well, who is totally awake? Well, I believe there's levels of awakening as well. Yeah, yeah, okay, so so anyway, those people are starting to get higher frequencies interacting with them so that they don't have to transform near as much that they thought they were going to have to it's it's sort of when jesus appeared on the road to damascus um you know and and we went from the karmic rule an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth to the law of grace you know when when he said to paul your sins are forgiven you even though paul was or saul of tarsus initially but paul had been a persecutor of christians and I think that this law of grace is infiltrating through the law of karma and
1: things Absolutely. are speeding up. Absolutely, exponentially speeding up. Uh, yeah, and many light workers have taken on the karma of their um, soul family and they're carrying more than just their own karma. You know, some souls have sort of come into the earth plane having led very few physical uh, human lives and yet they've taken on all this karma because they're like don't worry just give it to me i'll transmute it i'll turn fear into love don't worry just g- give me all you got you know give me all you got i'll do it i'll do it and then they get here and they go what was i thinking <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I was however yeah we're never given
1: more than we can deal handle with. absolutely so how would we you know as we look out into the world i watched the mainstream media yesterday which i don't normally do now why did i do that oh because there was smoke everywhere when i woke up in the morning and i put on the news thinking where are the fires anyway i couldn't find any fires but I watched a bit of the news and when you watch the mainstream media, oh, my God, that is something you should never do. You just see the rhetoric that's coming out, the fear, the fear porn that's being pumped out on this regular basis. You know, when you look at the mainstream media, you think that the world is in this worse place than ever before if you watch the mainstream media. And, and then you don't think, well, we're not evolving. How are we evolving when there's so much fear in the world and people trying to force you into doing things that maybe you don't want to do? And if you can't, then they're going to take your rights away. And what do you think about what's going on at the moment from your perspective, Tennis?
0: Well, the glass half empty or the glass half full. <laughs> um, I, think it's, I think we live in the paradox of the both and. And... Um, And so rather than putting it into a negative, positive, I think they're both happening simultaneously. And how can I somehow embrace both? I haven't yet had my vaccination um, because quite frankly, um, although I am so aware of the mainstream and what is being told to us, I also look at um, and read um, other information which is which does not say the same thing as the mainstream that you know, get it now or you'll die. <laughs> and very painfully and if you don't do it for yourself do it for everyone else you're going to save all them too you know so if they you're not going to save yourself works then you've got to save everyone else so so this is this is splitting people into the into camps as you say Mm -hmm. into oh you know i'm the good one i've done it not only for myself but i've done it for you too oh you're the bad one Mm -hmm. you have done it oh bad ones have to get punished and we're going to punish you because we don't want to be your friend anymore or we're going to punish you because you'll have to have it stamped in your passport and you'll never be able to go anywhere Mm -hmm. and I think oh my god oh my god you know you know absolutely overkill overkill you'd think that nothing else in our history had ever led to people dying. It is this, the massive fear that people have is death. Mm. And I would think that the friend that we're not mentioning has had a lot to do with this particular path that we're on now around compulsory vaccination. Mm -hmm. And um, I really question... Um, Because I've never had even flu shots. Mm. And I believe in my natural immunity. Mm. And not only that, I don't, if I get COVID and I die or I get ill, if I get ill, it's just going to update me because it'll update me Mm. to live in 2021. If I die, I die. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't mean, though, that I won't get a shot. So this is what I mean by the paradox, because if it comes to the point where I cannot leave my hometown, which is where I'm trapped right now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) legally, and I can't leave my province and I cannot travel to teach, I'll get the shot, Mm -hmm. even though I don't believe in it, Mm -hmm so i'm doing it to conform to mainstream rules just like i pay my taxes even though i don't believe in having arms
1: (laughs) Um, defense budgets oh oh arms right yeah yeah i thought you meant arms (laughs) like military military where a lot of money goes yeah where
0: money goes it's Mm -hmm. like You know, I, I pay my taxes. Mm. So, so we have to live within the rules of the society in which we live. But I do think it's very important for people to speak about their reality.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think so too. Absolutely. And I think the more we speak about what we want, instead of what we don't want, the more where your attention goes energy flows um because at this point mandatory vaccination is just an idea and not a reality at this point it's an idea that has a lot of fear behind it mm-hmm. but it's not being stamped in law at this point point. and uh so it's it's interesting as we focus on pushing against it we're probably going to bring it into that reality of law but as we focus on our freedoms and our rights to choose, and just yes. hold that, you know what we where we place our focus and what we want and how we want to live, it's so important to put our focus there instead of pushing against what we don't want.
0: Oh yes, that's such a wise comment, and and I agree. I've, I I mean I you're this is the first public statement that I have made, and I believe me, make you know I'm on Zoom a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, for interviews and things, and this is the first public statement I've made, um, and I'm not saying people shouldn't do what they want to do. Mm. Yeah, I think it's 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 this freedom of choice is the real issue here.
1: Yeah, you
0: know, and freedom of
1: information. Yeah, right. We live in an information age where the internet gives us access to so much information. And, um, you know, I was watching something on Facebook. There was this huge conference, thousands of people there, uh, doctors speaking about the vaccination and, and what it's made of and basically talking um, against it. It's not a great idea because they just don't, it's experimental drugs. They just don't know what's in it. It's just not a brilliant idea. Most, most vaccines take years to make. This came right. out in seven months. And so lots of science, this huge conference. And there were snippets on, it on Facebook and I'm like, where was this happening? Like, so there are people gathering to speak about freedom of choice and, and to get educated. And so that, that's out there. It's happening in, you know, in on mass. So it's interesting to see that happening where people are getting informed. Yeah, the science behind it all. So, yeah, it's, we're in very interesting times, aren't we? Aren't we? How are the elementals helping us with all this, do you think? How's the elemental kingdom helping us with what we're going through on Earth at the moment?
0: Well, I think that the most important thing is to get out in nature. Mm. Um, Get out in fresh air. So this is, once again, this masking is counterproductive to breathing fresh air. And so it's very important to be able to go outside and to be able to, um, you know, smell the smells and see the sights and breathe the air. Um, this this is a way of healing ourselves. So elementals are, as I said, they're the ones who are in charge of all that. So that's yeah. a pretty good idea right there. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that you are in Australia, and I understand that Australia is not... Um, so difficult for things currently.
1: Oh look, we've had our challenges. Definitely, where I live, it's been pretty, pretty relaxed. Uh, there are other cities that have not been so relaxed. There's been mass lockdowns and really strict, really strict rules, and you know, people. Yeah, it's been ugly. Uh, not where I live. I seem to be. I seem to be in a place that's been pretty chill. You know, I live on a in a beachside suburb of a major city. And I go down to the beach, it's two blocks down the road, two, three blocks down the road, and everyone's just happy and they're in their cafes and it's just business as usual. There was some time where they were shutting things down and not letting us go to the beach last year, but it just looks like business as usual. If you never watched the mainstream, you wouldn't even know that it was going on in the world, really, because there's not even people wearing masks anymore. There's the odd person wearing a mask, but that's just in my suburb. There are different parts of Sydney. It's a very big place where it's different. Everyone's wearing masks and there's lots of fear and everything, but um, not where I live. (laughs) We're very chilled
0: (laughs) in my suburb. (laughs) Very nice in your suburb. And I'm on the ocean as well. So how lovely that you are. You're so close to the ocean.
1: That's beautiful. It is lovely. I went down to the ocean yesterday because we're um, we're close to the city. There's the rollout of the 5G. So we're just marinating in electromagnetic radiation. Oh, wonderful. And (laughs) and as I'm standing on the ocean, because it's a a city beach, you know, I live in the city. As I'm standing on the ocean, I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if this ocean energy is is sort of like transmuting that electromagnetic energy. I wonder if there's, you know, what's going on here? Because, yeah, we're absolutely, I notice the difference when I leave the city. Uh, of the energies it's just a shift a big shift but it's a popular suburb of sydney and and they're rolling out the 5gs and all the towers are everywhere we're absolutely marinating in electromagnetic radiation at the moment Mm.
0: i mean i can hardly wait for my next life when we skip this stage i mean this (laughs) stage right now you know and let's just get into the next stage where we get to be in the astral world, and we can be telepathic, and everybody knows what you're thinking, knows what you're feeling, and you can travel in space and time. Oh, that sounds like so much more fun. We're just
1: in this transition time. We are in a transition time, and it's exciting time, Um, but that's, that's that's the world that many ETs live in they're still in a physical form a m- more subtle physical form but still a physical form but they have the ability to interact with their technology like they they speak about many spaceships being they're organic and there's yeah. telepathic communication between the ship and the person yes and, uh, yeah and, and so it's all mind technology you know there's a science there that we're just starting we're at the precipice of understanding. Yes. And I find that so exciting. You know, it's so exciting, like bending space and time, how they can be in one place in one minute and then in another place in another minute, like they're folding time and, yes. and but they're still in physical form. So they're not in astral form. And but they have this understanding of the mechanics of the universe from a scientific perspective, and they're working with it. And I find that very exciting. Very, very so
0: why mm-hmm. yes yes yeah it's it is wonderful we're we, we actually are the pioneers yeah uh, of the new age I mean the aquarian age is about the enlightened human right and so we're just at this as you say we're at the precipice
1: yeah we are we are the pioneers the way show us yeah and the way show is it is more, harder for the way show it's definitely i'm thinking yeah. about the people that came before us you know like the theosophical society and the the people like what was her name blavansky uh madame blavansky helena and the, alice they, bailey alice bailey even uh yeah alice bailey even uh the seth material you know jane roberts back in the 60s yes. seth and yeah so yeah There's been some amazing information that's come through many people. All righty. Well, I think we'll leave it there. You've got some new courses, I think, that you've got coming out. Did you want to have a quick chat about that before we go?
0: Oh, thanks. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, folks, those who are (laughs) listening, um, would would you believe that we have just launched a nature spirit course? Oh, I think you would. And it's on co-creating with elementals to heal the earth. So anyway, it's, um, it's about the body elemental. It's about finding your own partner, your own elemental partner to work with. And we've got workbooks, videos with yours truly. And MP3s to guide you through a whole bunch of guided visualizations. So you'll come out knowing lots about nature spirits and having a stronger connection. So yeah, it's um on our website now. And so I think that's I- on
1: iitransform.com. Is that or, you, or is that on talisman yeah. It, yeah, it you it's
0: on both of those. It's um on iitransform.com and also on uh Mm tannishellowell.com and uh yep you could go on and it's also under spiritual spiritual
1: transformation courses and do you have do you have oh is it spiritual transformation courses.com oh i haven't heard of that well that sounds interesting
0: yeah it's brand new in fact i might even be wrong it be interesting to look all three in doubt <laughs> do i like the third option is always good <laughs> do you have a youtube channel as well where you've got i your... do i do so yep, well i guess it's under tanis hello okay. yeah mm-hmm. it, and um we're, we're gonna i know you're gonna post this on on your sh- channel and send me the link and i'll put it out in my newsletter as well that would okay. be lovely I've really enjoyed our chat.
1: It's been fun, isn't it? There, there's been so much more we could have talked about. Your life is so full and fascinating. Just... And I wanted to
0: hear, yes, because I would like to hear about the other things you're doing, which you alluded
1: to. <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, there's lots. When you get your marching orders from Spirit, you know, it's up to us whether we implement them at all, uh, all of it um, yeah but there's lots to do these are transformative times and there's lots to do mm-hmm. and there's so many ways that we can do it so many ways we can do it But so thank you and so it, much for being Pandang. and as you said
0: do it with joy do it with joy
1: thank you so much for being on the show it's been just such an honor and a blessing to have you on the show you too it's been
0: really lovely thank you for having me thank you keep well
1: Wow, such a beautiful conversation with Tanis, wasn't it? I have to thank uh, one of the listeners of my show put us together actually. And for the life of me, I couldn't find her email, and I've just found it. I've just found the email from Tanis saying that um, I've just received an email from one of um, my fans, your fans, um, called Lisa, and uh, she's a big fan of my work and Tanis's work. And she put us together. She said, um, she said she sent Tanis an email and said. Maybe you'd like to be on current show? I really enjoy the show, so thank you, Lisa. Thank you. You have a French last name, so maybe you're in France or you're probably in Canada, in the French part of Canada. Uh, thanks for putting us together. I, I just adored tennis she's just wonderful. She's such a wonderful being. Oh my god, she's doing amazing things in this life, amazing things, of course, like normal. I had a big chat with her there were lots of things that I wanted to ask her that I didn't get around to asking. I wanted to ask her about having a Sasquatch, you know, hybrid soul. That would have been interesting. And um, I wanted to get more into her hybrid soul too. She said that she's a, an L, an L. And she said, And I said, I don't know what the L's are. She said that they're mentioned in the Bible, uh, what the L's are. She still didn't go too much into it. Um, I would have quizzed her more about that. But being quite Humble, she said. Oh, I'm glad you didn't quiz me too much more about that. But uh, it would have been fascinating to learn more about what the L hybrid souls are. And she said it's even in her name, Hellawell. That L sound, yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? This life, just fascinating conversation with Tana. So hopefully she'll be one of our speakers at the High Self Expo, and she'll speak about the science of well the science of anthroposophy I suppose or the science of the elemental world the sorts of different sciences that she could speak about she could speak about so much so much she said she isn't an expert on anthroposophy so that she feels like other people could speak better and I said just speak about whatever you want to speak about it'll be fascinating whatever you say absolutely fascinating so yeah I hope you enjoyed that I know I did I learned a lot today about hybrid souls that book sounds fascinating and the um the book that she's brought out, uh, good Morning, Henry, about the elemental body, the the Elemental of the body. That sounds interesting too. She said that she hasn't actually got it released in English at the moment. It's only out in French because she she sent it to a French publisher who translated it into French and published it in French, but hasn't published it in English, so she's and maybe doesn't publish it in English, so maybe she's waiting for um, an English publisher to publish it in English. But that sounds fascinating too. So if you're French, maybe you can get the book in front French. Yes, I think I'm not going to say too much more. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. I think I told you last time, if you're watching the show last time, Garnet Schulhaus is coming back into our Inner Sanctum online groups to speak to us this month, month of May. And um, that's always fascinating. Garnet, just love Garnet. He's written his fifth book but his publisher isn't releasing it until next year, which is a little disappointing for his fans like me. I'm one of his fans who can't wait to read it. He finished it at the end of last year. and We've got to wait a year for it to get published. And like, I'm so excited to hear about it. He says he can't talk about it until it's published. But anyway, we'll see. He's got lots of other things to talk about. He's got his QHHT clients who have amazing experiences and, and four other books, which uh, are a must read. Uh, seriously they're just fascinating 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 extraordinary work so he's coming back in and uh, lots of other people are coming into the inner sanctum this year uh, and I'm there every week teaching deliberate creation as usual I'm just having a look at who else is coming in to the inner sanctum Aaron Abke is going to come in next month and chat to our little tribe about well he can talk about anything but the law of one is what he loves to talk about or what we love him to, to talk about i think he loves talking about of course and miracles actually and sue walker who speaks to the pontee you know the ets that have a base here on earth in the sandia mountain she's coming back she's, she was in last year but i asked my tribe who would you like to have come back or come into this year and, and uh, sue was a big winner preston dennett is also going to come and speak to us he's so excited about that he's going to speak about out-of-body experiences and et communication and uh quite a few other people from last year i'm hoping to come in i haven't got them uh uh set in stone leah scallon said she'd love to come and speak to us but she was moving at the beginning of the year when i spoke to her jake jason cooper and serena faith masterson and also i wanted susan raven to come in and speak to us more about anthroposophy and nature spirits but maybe I'll get Tanis to come in instead of Susan because Susan's in Europe so it makes the time difference quite difficult uh, so maybe I'll get Tanis to come in at the end of the year I'm sure she'd love to come in and say hi to the little tribe and we can just quiz her and you know get to know her and whatever she wants to say to us her courses sound wonderful I checked out the course that she was talking about uh the nature spirit course she's got another website she's got a couple of websites called spiritualtransformationcourses.com and on there you can see her courses nature spirits co-creating with the elementals to heal the earth that's interesting that that sounds like an interesting course it's 99 uh us dollars it's it's discounted uh for this month it's reg- it's normally 147 so you get a good um, discount if you buy that now but that sounds fascinating 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 All right, I'm going to go have some breakfast, another cup of tea. Thanks again for watching and listening. Please remember to subscribe, share the shows and um, write a comment, do a like. If you write a comment, more people get to see the shows. And if you share the shows, I have noticed an incredible decrease in in the amount of people seeing the shows since I turned off all the advertising. I turned off the advertising probably about six months ago. And the show used to be rocketing with all the new people and now I turned off the advertising, it did the opposite. It stopped people, I started declining. So anyway, I thought that's interesting, isn't it? Because I'm not a financial viability to this platform. And um, so it's up to you to share the shows and up to me to share the shows to get them out there. Um, It's a bit of a shame. I've been thinking about even turning the advertising back on just so more people see the shows. We have to put up with a bit of advertising. But uh, I thought the advertising so annoying. But anyway, the way this platform makes a living. So I guess that's, they want us to comply. Love you all. Remember to buy the book, *Awakened by Death. Speak to you next time. Bye for now.